Hey everyone, welcome to Craft Studios, the podcast where we pick three beers from a single brewery to pair with three acts of a movie we selected. We'll talk about the movie, the beers, and even some about movie snack pairings. I am your host, Jordan Daly, and with me as always, my favorite co-host, Don Boon Vasudi. Don, what movie are we talking about today? Today's movie will be the 2010 Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin being the third uh, billing on that. We were just talking about that. Yeah. That is uh, very interesting. It's directed, of course, by Edgar Wright and Michael Bacall. Uh, they are also uh, actually it was directed by Edgar Wright, Michael Bacall, and Edgar Wright are both the writers. Uh, is also based on the graphic novel by Brian Lee O'Malley, Toronto. Jordan, we recorded a podcast about this already, so we're quite prepared for this. This is um, this is one of my favorite movies in general, and we were talking also a little bit before this about Edgar Wright movies in general. Uh, is this your favorite Edgar Wright movie? I think before you kind of answer that, it, for me, it's a tie between this and Hot Fuzz. Uh, I have not seen uh, last night and so last night in Soho is the name correct? Yeah, uh, I have not seen that unfortunately, but um, I heard it's great uh, stuff. But yeah, I think it's between this and um, Hot Fuzz. What what is what is what's your take on that? So. Uh, before I even get into that, I, I will laugh. Yes, we did record a podcast about this, and I think we recorded a solid uh, two to two and a half hours. I think our podcast was longer than I think the it was movie. about seven hours, seven hours we recorded on this. <laughs> we have a lot of content to go over today. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, one of our, uh, I wouldn't call it a failed idea. We just never got it off the ground like we did with this one. Uh, but that was uh, that was way back in the day, and and. This was definitely one of the more fun uh, ones we recorded back then. Uh, but I think right now, if I had to pick my favorite Edgar Wright movie, it's got to go between Shaun of the Dead or this movie. I did see Last Night in Soho, and it is amazing. Like, it is a beautifully shot film. Uh, and, and, you know, <sighs> Edgar Wright is just spectacular at creating those beautiful visuals that play around with, you know, the ambience and the, 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 the notes that he puts into their... Because he does such a great job playing around with music as well, which is why this is such a tre tremendous movie. He's just a brilliant editor when it comes down to that kind of stuff. So, uh, interesting. I, I still, it's this or Shaun of the Dead for me. Yeah, interesting note, and I read this, and of course, uh, you know, I unfortunately I didn't get the chance to rewatch this, but I felt like I still had seen this enough times to talk about it today. Uh, I think I read somewhere that this is Edgar Wright's first. Uh, Western Hemisphere movie. Um, <clears throat> I think previously it was uh, everything was uh, London based, like Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot yep. Fuzz. Everything was uh, based out in the UK. This is his first uh, movie made in Canada. Yeah, even even Spaced, uh, which was his uh, short lived, I think, two season sitcom out in the UK. Yeah, no, I, I I think this is yeah. I, I think later on, we, you know, he came out with like Baby Driver. Uh, yep. You, you know, I think that was his only American film, if I'm not mistaken. And Ant Man. We we unfortunately oh. we, we don't have six hours to talk about the whole Ant Man uh, fiasco. But um, it, Edgar Wright is credited with Ant Man, but he did not last the whole project. He had some creative yeah. differences uh, with it, Disney. If you do want to listen to me talk about Ant-Man, you could go back to uh, one of my buddies' podcasts that I uh, guested on. Uh, the uh, Blanket Fort Chronicles did a whole Marvel Universe uh, podcast, and uh, I was lucky to be on the Ant-Man pod, so I did get a, a bunch of time to talk about uh, Edgar Wright and, and trying to direct that movie and all the issues he had on it. Uh, it was a shame, though. I feel like... I, I still like Ant-Man, but I feel like if we really could have got the Edgar Wright cut, it would have been just so much better. I, I agree, too, and I, I think it's interesting. We're, we're going to eventually do a uh, Disney machine movie, uh, Disney machine movie made, uh, I, don't, I didn't put that in the right order, but um, we're eventually <laughs> going to do a Disney movie that's part of that entire machine that, they, that they've that really changed, like movies and entertainment overall. Um, but Again, we do not have seven hours. Uh, why don't we get right yeah. into it? Uh, what is the brewery we're going to talk about today? 
Alright, so our brewery for today is Finback Brewery. Founded in 2011, Finback uh, is born from a passion of brewing and experimentation. After a long search coming through back streets, along canals, under bridges, and industrial no-man's lands, braving collapsing roofs, and cardboard box jungles, the brewery found its space in Queens in 2013. Uh... And they finally released their beers in 2014. It's proud to call Queens its home. Uh, and I am proud that we got to go there. We did go to their Brooklyn tap room. We did not go to their Queens tap room. But my lord, we had some good stuff while we were out there. It was a really nice bar, actually. That was something that we uh, didn't expect when we got in there. When we stepped in, it was like, it was a really nice bar. Um, yeah. I did not know that they were uh, found in the Queens. I thought they were uh, Brooklyn-based. Um, but, yeah, really, really nice uh, bar. We talked to the bartender oh, yeah. there. He's a cool guy. Unfortunately, I don't recall his name, but a uh, real good guy. We were talking to him about movies. Um, he yeah, had, I, uh, I will say I don't recall much after this this uh, brewery. Yeah. <laughs> They That's how good the tasters. beers were. <laughs> they do not do tasters, so Don and I started pounding some back. <laughs> they tasted really good, apparently, because we were just like, oh, let's get another one. But um, no, no, yeah, no, really, really good brewery. Uh, we managed to pick out, uh, couldn't pick all the beers, but we managed to pick out three for this movie. Um, you know, and they were all like really great uh, brews. Um, yeah, so, and, and oddly enough, the one thing you will notice, they are all collab brews. Uh, so this is the first time that all three of the beers we selected are collab beers. So they are brewed in collaboration with a couple of different breweries that we'll be sure to mention. That's a good point because I've seen Finback uh, at different bars and different uh, places. I'll see them on tap. And um, if you go to the actual uh, location down in, in, in Brooklyn, they have um, all their different collaborations that they made. So um, you know, even though you might have seen a Finback brew at a different bar you've gone to, you probably would not have seen the actual um, different collaborations they had. And then we actually going to feature some of those um, today. So, yeah. uh, but act one, Jordan, if I'm not interrupting, uh, I think what yeah, we, let's we kick right into it, we split it into getting to know the band, the introduction, uh, introduction uh, of sex, bomb. And then um, we go all the way up to the Matthew Patel fight for those who are familiar with the film. Um, and hopefully you are, because I would figure you're probably one of been listening. That's what we've noticed. If you haven't seen the movie, you probably are not listening to us right now. Yeah, that that so. tremors, that tremors pod did not do well for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 give it a try, guys. We didn't really just talk only about tremors. We we really did like a lot of a couple other little riffs. But um, you know, if you uh, have a chance, just just give it a you know give it a go if you're doing dishes or working home you can just leave it on the background it's okay it's like uh we're in your house and then we're just talking about the movie you haven't seen before it's cool it's cool <laughs> but um, uh but yeah the the beer we paired with act one is everyday spirits four and this is a collaboration with hudson valley uh it's got peach strawberry vanilla lactose this thing was super peachy i mean it went uh, like heavy on the peaches, really smooth, great mouthfeel, really nice dessert sour. Uh, and to tell you the truth, this has just such a huge flavor. And that's why it pairs with this first act. You get to pair it with that big, like burst of flavors that you match with Edgar Wright's filming technique. Uh, it has a nice connection to the first act where you get all that strong fruitiness that goes well with the production, but you also get a little bit of that sourness, uh, because let's face it, Scott Pilgrim is not a very likable leading man in this first act. Uh, he does win us over eventually, but that's where you get that little sour note. Uh, Don, what'd you think about the beer and then get into the movie a little bit? Uh, the beer was good. I, I definitely got that peachiness. It's definitely used, must, they must have used like a heavy dose of like peach puree because that's what I caught from uh, from the sour. And then um, there's, a, there's a lactose in it, so this is a pretty common theme of all the different beers. And it is definitely a common theme of the beers that I end up uh, going back to and picking up the whole vanilla and lactose combination. This, th this one didn't have a lot of that. You, you didn't get the whole like creamsicle, like, like uh, lactose or, uh, you know, fifth hammer has like a graham cracker one. Uh, but we're yeah. not talking about that brewery today, but uh, this one I got a lot more peach and it was like, it's a real, it's a real strong, like peach puree. So uh, this was uh, very good. And, um, 
hence the hence the you know this is the last brewery we went to on that tour day because uh we ended up spending a lot of time there but this one was uh very good as as well as all the other beers uh you you are correct with that i we, we talked about this and i was like what are you talking about scott michael Sarah's fine he's he's a funny guy it's like is he though is he is, is it just the whole cast of characters is it the whole writing and, and the filming on it is is michael Sarah really like the you know is that really what makes the film great and uh, you're right it, it it he is uh he is a bit sour and um i think that's the point because it's even mentioned later on in the film that he's a jerky jerk wannabe ladies man and so you know with that he does a lot of things that you know are suspect and not really good he's dating a high schooler uh yep, a, a chinese a chinese high schooler with the uniform yeah. and everything it's ridiculous but uh yeah no it takes again you know with the character development and character development's a big thing in all the movies that we're talking about uh scott scott need start scott starts out one way and then he has to end up and find himself in the end so but uh huge yeah. huge cast of characters that we mentioned insanely there, huge there there are six superheroes and villains that's uh a uh, good pull here from Jordan. Uh, Chris Evans, Brandon Ruth, Brie Larson, Mary Elizabeth, Winstead, Thomas Jane, Aubrey Plaza, all are some sort of superhero or villain in a large, either Marvel movie or a DC film. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows Chris Evans is uh, Captain America. Everybody knows Brie Larson is Captain Marvel, correct? Marvel. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're right now like probably the two most famous people on the planet. Oh, they're huge. They are definitely the two most famous in this cast. So, we'll get into Chris Evans, uh, Lucas Lee. That's probably one of our most favorite parts of the uh, film, but... um, Not to mention also Michael Sarah, Allison Pill, Karen Culkin, Anna Kendrick, Clifton Collins Jr., Mark Weber. Uh, this is just a really big cast of characters. We talked Huge. about this. It's it was it was an interesting time when Edgar put this together and catching everybody kind of before this huge wave and kind of we'll we'll get to this eventually. Kind of before that whole Marvel Disney monster that's really been kind of casting a lot of these uh, younger actors and people had built like a name from films like this to really create what we all watch as movies today with the whole Marvel and the whole DC world planet of, you know, kind of like the, it dominates the landscape of movies today. But um, yeah, it was, it was yeah. interesting. He was able to pull all these, uh, you know, even, even Karen Culkin, Jordan, like, so I'm not, a, he's I huge now. He's, he's like, just, just large, uh, very yeah. large. I, what is he in? He's in billions, right? He is in succession. 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 Not Thank yeah, you. Sorry. Uh, I got those two confused. I do not watch Succession. However, it's hugely popular. Um, Kieran Culkin had a start in uh, a movie that we talked lightly about. She's all that. He's the brother, if you recall. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. And uh, is yeah, right. it's amazing. He's he's uh, Macaulay's younger brother. Right? Is that he's the younger one? Yes. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, and he was he was also his uh, younger cousin in Home Alone. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. So yeah, it, a lot of lot of people, uh, a lot of people in this movie. Um, one last thing to just mention about that: there was a uh, play right before uh, pandemic that they had Michael Sarah, Chris Evans. Um, th- those were the two top building. There was uh, there was another actor from Atlanta that is. Um, evading my mind right now but they were in a play together that was playing uh that was the chris evans uh mustache uh play right i i don't remember i think he did i think he did i think they were like mall security cops of course you know we prepare for this podcast but um yeah they were on broadway doing a play together so that was um that was pretty cool i didn't get a chance to see it but um anyways again we can go nine hours on this but we'll try to uh keep this uh in a reasonable time um some of the things that we catch in this first act is we get introduced to Sex Bob-omb. They're they're a great band. Uh, Steven Stills, baby. Steven, Steven Stills, Stills is the talent. He, he's the best. He's he's definitely the talent. He plays guitar. He also sings. Um, uh, Allison Pill. Yeah. Uh, and that is drummer. him singing in this. It that that's right. That is another thing. They all play their own instruments and they all sing in this film. And um, that's that's a pretty big accomplishment. Um, the only one is we'll, we'll get back into it later is where Brie Larson sings uh, 
Clash of the Demon Head song, but she's um I, I think they put the band music in the bag. I'll have to go back and just double check that. But um yeah, Sex of Bomb's great. They uh their songs are written by Beck, uh, by the way, yeah. in this movie. So it starts out awesome. It has the open uh opening credits, they play the uh We Are Sex of Bomb, which is a great song. Um we find well, out what's the other name of it? Uh Crash Pad uh, uh, Launchpad, Launchpad, Launchpad McQuack, and then that—that's yeah, not the name of the song. And then they started playing. <laughs> uh, so they're playing the song. We find out that uh, Michael Sarah's character Scott, he's Scott Pilgrim. He's dating a high schooler. She's, uh, you know, they—they've done many things. Uh, they uh, almost held hands once, but they got embarrassed and didn't do it. <laughs> so, um. But yeah, we find out, we get the intro to that. Uh, they get entered into uh, the Toronto International Band, Battle of the Bands. Um, yeah, baby. And then, Is that a real event? Uh, it, you know, on the research, it's not, unfortunately. And uh, Jordan, if I understand you correctly, you're going to be traveling up to Toronto quite often. So I was, I, and, I, and you know what? I was supposed to be going next week. Uh, instead of going the week after, because all the hotels in downtown uh, Toronto were booked up solid. And I was thinking maybe next week is the Toronto International Battle of the Bands, uh, and that's why it's all booked up. But apparently, it's not, and I am lying. That's unfortunate because uh, you know you could have went to like Lee's Palace and everything like that, and partaken in that. And if it's anything like the movie, it's it, it's an awesome event. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, no, it is actually a fictional uh, event, unfortunately. Um, but maybe you know you can go to October. You can go see uh, OVO or something like that. Um, they have other music festivals up in Toronto, but uh, you know, so Sex Bomb's great. They uh, they we, we we're, the first act gets all the way to him. Uh, he's dating uh, Nice Chow. Uh, he's he's he thinking about Ramona. breaking up with her, and he meets Ramona Flowers in his subconscious. So she uses uh, Scott's subconscious to uh, deliver packages for Amazon.ca. Jordan, what's the website for Amazon.ca? Amazon.ca. Oh, okay, thanks. And then, um, one of the lot, one of the great lines in the film, because uh, Ramona Flowers works there, so Scott's Pilgrims uh, ploy to meet her is to order something on Amazon.ca and have her have it delivered to his apartment. So uh, his roommate is uh, Kieran Culkin's character, uh, and all the stuff in his apartment is um, belongs Wallace. to him. Scott doesn't have yeah. anything in the apartment, so. But uh, that was a little brief uh, overview of Act One. Um, The music's great. And then finally we get into, like, the fun stuff, right? You get all the introductions. You get everybody, you know, they give the the nice little blurbs. And this is just all about, like, the Edgar Wright stylistic stuff. He puts up the, the little black box on the screen with who each person is. You know, even the guy, uh... Como. I love Como. He's just a great character for like the two seconds he's in it. And he's like a very much a that guy actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's in Veep. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He was in uh, New Girl Veep. Uh, he did his own, he had his own sitcom for a little while. But I just love him like talking throughout this entire movie because he's the guy who knows people. That was a and, great like, scene. He, he has the drawing. Yeah. It's like, do you know who this is? It's like, it's just a drawing with like a hair. And like, it's just like, do you mean Romona Flowers? He's like, That's yes. flowers. <laughs> he totally knew who it was. You know, and then uh first off she's American, they're like pitching and then so <laughs> but that was that was a great scene because they went to the party and one of the things I like to say, just like, you know, when something's not great is cause like he's like, Oh, we're going to uh it was uh Aubrey Plaza's party, right? Cause, um yeah. and then him and her and uh Steven Stills character, uh or Steven Stills, they they used to date and so and that was their chance to meet some execs to get the band going. And uh, so uh, Scott Pilgrim and uh, Young Neil, uh, they're both like, I don't want to go to this party. It sucks. And then they, they just flash forward to all the scenes. It's like, this sucks. 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 Then, I'm going to pee out of boredom. And then, that, that's like something I like to do. Just like, you know, I'm like, just like waiting for something. This sucks. You know, or like if you're in like a meeting, like this sucks. And so, um, 
that's one of my favorite things to do. That's uh, from this film. But um, yeah, we get to that. Uh, he finds out where Mona Flowers is, uh, and then eventually he asks her out on the date, and then he gets invited to their first uh, round matchup of the Toronto International Battle of the Bands, and then their first uh, their first opponent is Crash and the Boys. And we talked about this. So Crash and the Boys is actually a really good band and they probably should have beaten sex but bomb i feel like they really did I, even despite the heckling from wallace uh they play into it really well <laughs> no they they're, they were great because even like they might have had a chance if they just went with uh i am so sad so very very sad <laughs> so uh, sad not a race <laughs> <laughs> but um, this one goes out to the guy yelling at us from the balcony. We hate you. Please die. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> this is a great scene. <laughs> so, uh, something that you don't catch in when he's talking to um, uh, Anna Kendrick's also in that scene as well, and then she's brought a date with him, and then so he asks, uh, he asks the Kieran Culkin's character, he asks, it's like, does this band rock or do they suck? And then the guy goes, I don't think they've started playing yet. That was a test. You passed. Test. <laughs> so. And I, I, can I say I love that he must do this with. Uh, so this is uh, Scott's sister. He must do this with Scott's sister all the time and steal her boyfriends because she says not again. Not again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> she says again, and then um. So yeah. So, uh. Yeah. So yeah. No good stuff. Uh. Try to. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff to go through, but um. You know, but we yeah, get up so to the Matthew Patel fireball. You're, you're with me, though. Like, I don't think they win. I don't think like, so either. I think if if Matthew Patel doesn't vaporize him with the fireball, I actually think that uh, Crash and the Boys are, uh, you know, making it into the late rounds in the Tor- Toronto International Battle of the Bands. So. I, I think so. They were fun. Uh, you know, and, and Garbage Truck, let's face it, not one of Sex Bob's best songs. No, it's not. I uh, I have the soundtrack uh, upon re-listen. Garbage Truck is probably their worst song. And then uh, We Hate You, Please Die is a great, is a banger. It's uh, it's yes. a great song. So um, I, I love when they're playing the song and you get Steven Stills freaking out. But it's like this nice little, it's like a nod to the comic book, but also like, when you're backstage and you're standing there, you're not going to be able to hear each other talk. No, that's and so, so true. And so you just get all the words popping up on the screen as he's having a mental breakdown before he goes out there. Uh, I really love his insecurity throughout this entire movie, but it shines in that one little sequence. No, it's a, it's a great scene. You're totally right. When you go to like a, a battle of the bands or you got to go see a live band, you cannot hear anything. So like all your like screaming and insecurity will be like blacked out by <laughs> all the music in the background. So... Um, you know, later. Yeah, then we get the fight. Matthew Patel shows up. So the reason why they do fight is that so just you know for those who haven't seen the movie, and I'm sure most of you have, or just to be reminded. So Scott will need to defeat uh, Ramona Flowers' seven evil exes, and so Matthew Patel is the first one. I actually when this another part of this was when the uh, sends the email. I do this as well. So he's reading emails like the seven evil exes, uh, coming here to fight you. This is boring. boring. Delete. And then, <laughs> I, Don, it really reminded me of how we pay attention to each other during this podcast. It, it does. It's like, <laughs> it's just like when Jordan is talking, this is boring. No. I'm sure a lot of people at work are just going through the emails and they will often start reading something and it's like, this is boring. Delete. And so... <laughs> If you're wondering oh. what happens to all your unread emails, that's exactly what happened. So, but um, uh, well, yeah. well, Matthew Patel was not the best of Ramona's evil exes. Uh, he, he wasn't the worst. Uh, he definitely had some mystical powers. He was the only. Well, no, a couple of them had mystical powers, uh, but he was the one that had the the fireballs, uh, which was very interesting. He was the only one who had that. He's uh, a he's a great dancer, though. I'll have to say that he, uh, you know, he was dressed as a not pirate. Not a great singer. No, no, not, not a great, a great singer. singer. But he was dressed as a pirate, or at least you know that was in at the time. <laughs> but um, uh, it's funny, actually. There's a there's a Scott Pilgrim versus the World video game, and so like you actually go and play and fight through these scenes. I uh, I have it, and then you have to fight Matthew Patel. That's the first boss fight in the game. But um, 
Anyways, uh, we can again. We can go on and on and on and of on course. forever. But uh, anything else, real quick, before we do the f- uh, food pairings? No, I think that kind of really wraps up uh, Act One. You know, you get introduced to the the League of Exes, uh, and uh, well, like I said, it's not the best. Uh, we definitely don't get the worst out of Matthew Patel here. I think we can get right to the food pairing. Uh, look, it, it's not a not a home run on this one. But I think we just keep with that peach flavor. Uh, one of my favorite sweets as a kid and even as an adult, peachos. I mean, you might as well go peach on peach on this one. Peachos right? are you great. Just, why ruin that fantastic flavor with something that's going to cut through it? Just handle it and like pump right into that, that peach flavor. Uh, so that's kind of my go-to on this food pairing today. Peachos are great. They, uh, I, I think those are probably like the number one fruit-shaped gummies uh the cherries are okay they're, they're you know um you know gummy worms that's not in the same category because they're not fruit shaped uh we're very specific with these <laughs> food pairings uh gummy bears also not in the same category um nope. i do like me some uh peachos uh maybe some dried apricots uh i know Ooh, those are pretty much just nice like uh peaches but um a little little healthier yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, not not too much. They dry them with sugar, so it's uh, <laughs> it's essentially the same thing, you know. But um, yeah, peachos are great. Uh, it's interesting you pick that with like the the real strong peach puree with that. But um, you're probably right. It's probably good to just kind of stay consistent with that instead of trying to contrast that. Uh, when you try to contrast something, it might fail horribly. You know, like you know, if you try yeah. to eat like a you know, like pepperoni with that, that's gonna, that's gonna <laughs> do something yeah. to you. So I don't, I don't think I want to cut through these flavors. I'd rather enhance it. And I think this is just going to, you know, keep on that page. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, so that's it. I think that wraps up, uh, act one. Again, we could have probably done three hours on act one, but, uh, you know, just for your six, uh, we did not. So, uh, I think that would take us to act two, right, Jordan? Yep, and we'll go straight into Act 2 after a quick break. And we're back. Going straight into Act 2, we start to learn about all the evil exes. You get some more fighting. You get Lucas Lee, Todd Ingram, Roxy Richter, and the beer we are pairing with today is Ultimate Beats. Uh, it's a double IPA loaded with coconut and mosaic hops. Notes of summer at the beach, young, juicy coconut flesh, tan body, pure potential. Uh, it's brewed in collaboration with Jay Wakefield from Miami. Uh, yet another fantastic brewery out there, so that's a, a really good collab. Uh, for me, when I tasted this, it is so much coconut flavor. And I'm not a huge coconut guy, but this beer was fantastic. We had it the day that they tapped it. Uh, and it was just getting released, so it was super fresh. And for a double IP, it was incredibly crushable. Uh, and so pairing it with this act, overall the second act, it goes down smooth. It's an easy watch, but it packs a punch just like this. right? Plus we get the added benefit that it's called Ultimate Beats. And we get, uh, I think, the best song of the movie is in Act 2. Not necessarily the best Sex Bomb song, but the best song in general. Uh, sung by, uh, you know, Clash of the Demon Head at Lee's Palace. Uh, not the battle, battle of the Bands, but uh, definitely a great song. Don, what did you think of the, the beer, and what did you think of uh, Act 2? This beer is, uh, it was great, and it was interesting because it is a double IPA, and so a lot of times, they, you know, they can, they're they real bitter, and then I think it was, a, you know, we were just talking about contrasting, but the coconut is, it, you can get the coconut, so it's a little bit sweet, and then you mix that in with the double IPA. We're going uh, double coconut later, uh, but these are two different beers, and we'll get into the third beer uh, later because that was also a great beer too, but... Um, it was, uh, this was a good contrast because the double IPA is quite, it, it packs a punch, but then you got the coconut in there too. So it's very, it's very drinkable. It's very, it's, 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 a, it's a lot. You, you got a lot going on in the, uh, the, the flavors and everything like yeah. that. And so, yes, you're correct. So I, the best song in this movie is, uh, uh, is, is by Clash of Demon Head. It's actually, it's actually a real song by, uh, by metric uh called black sheep uh 
it, it actually makes sense because it's actually a real song versus um the, you know the sex of bomb songs were written by beck but they're uh you can tell that they're cut down to be around a minute yeah uh, they're like two and a half minute songs yeah. like when you get on the soundtrack yeah. but the metric song is up there at like i want to say a good three and a half yeah and so again i have the uh i have the soundtrack and so uh metric is uh is a canadian band they're probably like the suit you know for those who aren't familiar, they're like the superior Canadian version of uh, No Doubt, and so um, <laughs> they're 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 a good band, uh, Toronto-based band uh, as well. But um, we got a lot of stuff here in Act Two, so uh, we get um, we get the Clash of the Demon Head song, we get uh, Lucas Lee, uh, we get uh, some of the dating from Ramona Flowers, uh, a, a tea cabinet scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, sexy phase from Ramona Flowers uh, with Roxy, and uh, you know, and then an epic fight with a vegan. So, um, oh, lot of lot of content please. in this. Uh, so much. Act. Let's let's kick it off with Chris Evans, man. I mean, come on, this is amazing. Chris Evans in this movie. Uh, Lucas Lee is such a cool character. Uh, do we think Chris Evans is like this in real life, and he's just putting on the nice guy, f- like phony fake uh, f- face? I think out there in real life. I think so. I, I read his Twitter, <laughs> and he seems like a pretty cool guy. I this was like my first around one of my first exposures to Chris Evans. I was like, wow, this guy, this guy's like a movie star. He, he's just he was, um, you know, he's funny. He's he's jacked. You know, he, he's. Uh, He's a real likable guy. He was also um, in the Losers before. Obviously, we all know him as Captain America, but uh, he was in the Losers before. He was in. Um, I didn't see it, but he was in another teen movie. Another not guy. another teen. Not movie. another yeah. teen movie as well. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll say this: I wish Lucas Lee played Captain America. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> I I think it would be definitely a change of pace. Uh, he might. He. I don't think that would have been Oscar worthy, and that's what Lucas Lee was going for. He was going for the Oscar this year. <laughs> he was going for the Oscar. <laughs> oh man, we'll get into that scene. It was great. So, you know, what is the uh, that 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 was um, right after the uh, Scott Pilgrim and uh, Ramona Flowers. That was their second date. That was uh, when yeah. he invites her over to the apartment, and then. Uh, that's when Scott Pilgrim finds out that bread makes you fat, and so, um, so that date's not going too well. He writes a song for Ramona Flowers. He's like, "Oh, great!" Ramona. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, that's that's great." I, I can't wait till you finish it. Finish it, and then you know, uh, he doesn't like his hair, so he he tells her to go outside to meet up with. Uh, this is because Karen Calkin is going to go and uh, watch the filming. And uh, it's interesting because they filmed that at uh, Lona Castle up in uh, Toronto. I've actually been to that castle before. My family used to visit uh, Toronto from time to time. We used to go to um, try to acquire – we used to go to acquire uh, fruits that are not allowed to be uh, sold in the U.S. We would go to Toronto and buy those fruits, and we would smuggle them back into the U.S. Whoa, Don uh, Boon Vesuti. Just like Han Solo. International smuggler. (laughs) So – I've actually been to that castle, and unfortunately, I had no idea what it was for or who like owned it, or like there, there was no like cannons or anything. I, I, but anyways, I digress. But yeah, so the the, the scene is that uh, Lucas Lee is filming a movie up there, and so uh, Lucas Lee is the second evil ex of uh, yep. Ramona Flowers. Uh, they were in drama. probably the nicest. Yeah, that's right because. Uh, believe they were in drama class together or was it math um uh, she just remembers that there was drama uh he was the uh yeah no he was probably like the nicest so even when um he's kicking uh, scott pilgrim's ass and he uh sees ramona for the first time you know after they've broken up he's even nice enough to say he's like hey what's up how's life he seems nice he seems nice (laughs) (laughs) of all the boyfriends he's the only one who was like cool about it everybody else was all like you know uh, kind of like stinky or, or you know like you know kind of like you know lingery he was the only one who like seemed like he probably kind of got over it so <laughs> well i mean when you're a when you're a movie star it might be pretty easy you know because everybody's a big fan 
why wouldn't you be? But <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that this scene's great. Uh, we we talked about this, and so you know, the best part is that the stunt doubles actually also do the uh, Lucas Lee <laughs> voice as well. <laughs> so when he's going to, uh, hey, gonna, you guys, a cup of coffee, you want anything? Nah, man, I'm good, thanks. So they all have like the same Lucas Lee voice. So, um, and, and we we talked about this. This is the, the only old, one. Uh, yeah, this is the only one that Scott doesn't actually defeat. He like outsmarts him a little bit, and that's that's kind of a lie. He doesn't defeat Todd either. The vegan police do. Uh, actually, and we'll get to that. We'll one, get to that. He they get, he uh, he tricks him into drinking the um, the soy latte, which actually has right. cream in it. But but, um, but for this one, he tricks him into doing a, a grind down a ridiculous uh, staircase. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's making. He's doing it the entire time. It's just like. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, Scott's even impressed by and it's him. Like, oh, it's like, this guy's the coolest guy. <laughs> oh, he totally bailed. And at the end, can you do a thingy on the thingy? You mean a grind on the rail? So the best thing is, like, so this works for all men, too, is that if you need to goad another man into doing something, it's like, you really think you can goad me into going down, doing a grind down those uh, those garbage rails? It's like there's girls watching, and so he his <laughs> eyes turn over to the crowd, and he's like, "Somebody give me my board." <laughs> so this is true. If you want to go to any man into doing something, just tell them that girls are watching, and then he'll immediately yeah. do it right afterwards. So, but um, yeah, no, that, that Lucas Lee is probably one of our favorite characters. Uh, Edgar Wright does a uh, does a cool thing up on Twitter. Uh, in the movie, part of this uh, part of the set is uh, they have Lucas Lee posters, and you see him for like maybe half a second. But uh, Lucas Lee will post some of these up on Twitter, and uh, <laughs> they they just have like great taglines. So here here's one. So the movie is oh, action, which one are you reading? Action Doctor. So this one's Action Doctor. Okay. And the tagline is: the good news is you're going to live. The bad news is he's going to kill you. <laughs> and at the end, the last lines, check your pulse, May nineteenth. That's, that's such a good one. So. Uh, I gotta, I gotta go with the uh, the game is over too. Uh, one good cop is finished fooling around again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see these movies so bad. I think Lu- I would watch every Lucas Lee movie ever made. A, uh, even the uh, even his uh, romance movie. Uh, I hope there's a heaven. <laughs> Uh, I would even watch that one. So um, uh, that's where he's going for the Oscar, man. Come on, that's right. He was it, it going for the Toronto Oscar. Film Festival. How many uh, Oscars do you think Lucas Lee has before? If he didn't uh, bail on that last grind, how many Oscars do you think he would have won in his career? Oh, I think he, I think we're going over under one and a half. Yeah, you don't think uh, you don't think three? I think at least three or four. Oh wow, you're going big. <laughs> I think he's like the biggest star in the world. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Easily. Easily. So, oh man. But again, we could go five hours on Lucas Lee. Uh, later on, he does. So, yeah, so he defeats uh, Lucas Lee. Uh, he gets like a rundown that uh, this fight against evil exes is real. Um, and then he, uh, we find out, we, we always found, we always knew that uh, Envy Adams was his, uh, was his ex girlfriend. He hasn't gotten over yet. And that causes a lot of the Scott Pilgrim's uh, issues in the film. But um, he runs into her at the coffee house. This was the same scene where um, Aubrey Plaza goes, uh, uh, what was this, Carmel, Carmel uh, Macchiato for fucking Scott Pilgrim. Was that the scene? <laughs> yes. <Was> that? <laughs> yes, that is the scene. That's a great scene, too. So he sees Brie Larson, which is uh, Envy Adams. She uh, invites uh, Sex Bomb to open for... Uh, uh, clash of the demon head for them at uh, Lee's palace, and then um, that's when we get to see the um, the great scene where uh, where they perform uh, Black Sheep. Brie Larson actually sings this in the film. If uh, actually, no, I, yeah. I, I, uh, I know that for a fact. So she actually does sing um, Black Sheep in the uh, the movie rendition. I think it's still metric with the uh, with the instruments in the background. Yeah, but, I think um, she's just singing over the metric. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, uh, she actually performs Black Sheep. Yeah, but man, this scene is so beautifully edited. Like the, the hitting the beats and like showing the different faces and showing what's going on. It's just a 
gorgeous scene. Uh, I think it is like, I think this is my favorite scene in the movie, especially leading up to, or the, this is my favorite part where it's that leading up to the vegan police. It's a, it's a really great, like, it's really cool how he does the, the, the different cuts and then the back and forth. And so it's really, yeah. uh, following the graphic novel. I've never bought a graphic novel, but I think if I ever did buy one, it would probably be Scott Pilgrim versus the world. But yeah. it's really cool how he does like the, you know, like the words and then and, like the different cuts into the, into the scene. And you're right. This is a, this is a great scene. Brie Larson, uh, excellent, uh, as, um, Envy Adams, a uh, great performance yeah. by her. Uh, I mean, even Brandon Routh, not too bad. I mean, he wasn't good as Superman, but uh, he he's pretty solid as Todd Ingram in this. Yeah, he's definitely the probably. I would say he's the evilest. Uh, I think we talked. He's the evilest. Uh, oh yeah, ex. he knocks the highlights out of Knives' uh, hair. Yeah, he hits a girl. I mean, what what the you know? So I think that makes him the evil. So whereas Lucas Lee was like the coolest, uh, nicest. Uh, X. He, I would say Todd, of course, because his name's Todd. He's the he's the evilest of all the uh, exes. Yeah, he knocks the highlights out of the hair. He uh, he doesn't know what incorrigible means. He really doesn't know what incorrigible <laughs> means. So, you're incorrigible. I don't even know what that means. And then he looks up. He's like, I really don't know what that means. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So they. Uh, you're right. And then Scott uh, Scott fights him. He really doesn't uh, defeat. Um, yeah. Todd, because his vegan powers are quite, you know, I don't know what about being vegan gives you uh, psychic powers, but um, the base battle was pretty cool, though. That was pretty cool. Uh, Todd, and Todd's like, a really Todd good bassist. Yeah, oh ripping on the base. Yeah, he was, like, he was super good. He's a really good bassist. So um, yeah, yeah, defeating uh, Scott pretty much all the way except for in veganism. Um, <laughs> Jordan Gelato isn't vegan. <laughs> Milk and eggs, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my favorite. Every time I see gelato, I, every time I look at and I see gelato in the supermarket. You know, you go to deli and then they always have gelato here in New York. I was like, milk and eggs, bitch. So every time I see it, so chicken parm isn't vegan. <laughs> chicken parm isn't vegan. <laughs> uh, oh, nobody can resist so, the chicken parm. A, just a great cameo out of Thomas Jane. Uh, formerly the Punisher, yet another one of our superheroes, and Clifton Collins Jr. I mean, those two guys are well-known actors just popping in this movie. It was a great Just cameo. to do his whole vegan police thing. I think it's great that there is vegan police out there because um, there's probably a whole ton of fake vegans out there using their psychic powers while they're eating <laughs> chicken parm and eating gelato. So, um, But, uh, yeah, no, that was great. They, they, remember, they had this... They had that, and then when they... Uh, when they take his powers away, they do a they do a high five of their walking running out. <laughs> and not only that, there is a slow motion echoey yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah, they do a yeah, and then they high five. <laughs> Vegan police is the best police in the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, he he defeats Todd. Uh, short little. Uh, fight actually not so so scott pilgrim doesn't fight roxy he actually uh actually ramona has to fight uh foxy because scott isn't yeah, a scumbag that, like Todd. he doesn't yeah. hit girls so uh so yeah so ramona had a sexy face she was uh one of the uh, the exes is uh, roxy which is a girl that was a quicker uh that was a quicker fight but um you know they were uh starting to see a little bit of a cracking in, in their relationship uh because you know, we see uh, Scott starting to act like a little bit of like a jerk when yep. he is, uh, he's getting a little bit worn out from all these exes. So, um, I mean, understandably, he's he's already past three. And let's face it, Lucas Lee and Todd like really took a lot out of him. Yeah, no, they definitely did. And even Roxy, I think he kicked him in the face at least like three or yeah. four times. So um, he, he's pretty much done. He's done fighting uh, evil exes. Um, I will then, say the the fight between Roxy and Ramona was pretty cool. You got the the big mallet getting pulled out of the purse out of nowhere. Yep. Uh, and that was just like that was a fun scene, uh, and definitely you know the whole I, I would call it more of a dance sequence than a fight because you know she's pulling the punches on it, uh, and I think it's just a it's overall a cool scene to see that they can be a good team together. But like you said, you're you're getting those cracks in the relationship. Yeah, no, that's actually where you start seeing him kind of, you know, you're starting to see where Scott Pilgrim really needs to go if he really wants to date uh, Ramona Flowers, and he's he's not there yet because he's 
you know, he, he's kind of he's kind of sulking. You know, he's kind of like you know really hung up on all Ramona's exes, and you know that's not a good look for you, Scott. You got to um, got to be better than that. And that uh, I think that takes us up to the end of uh, Act Two, right? That's uh, yeah, that's Roxy. About, right? So let's do these uh, food pairings, and then we can uh, sure move uh, on. Again. So I, I kind of I, I played around a little bit on this one, Don. Uh, I think a really nice pairing with that coconut flavor would be something curried. And you can get, like, a curry seasoning and put that on popcorn. I think that'll cut through the coconut flavor. It'll cut through that IPA and pair really well. I think that's just a really nice dish in general. Any curry is going to go well with that coconut uh, flavor. So I think uh, a curried popcorn would be a welcomed addition to our uh, food pairing here. I've never had curried popcorn. That sounds delicious. I uh, Right? I, yeah, I know because I've had, like, cheese popcorn. I've had, like, caramel popcorn. I've had, uh, you know, kettle corn. I, I did not know they had a uh, curried popcorn. That was a big thing in the eighties. Uh, having those, um, you were just a child, but uh, having like popcorn stores and having like eight hundred different flavors. They would have like cherry, which is gross. Uh, oh. you know, like caramel. They have like all these like jalapeno, uh, like white cheddar, and all these different things. But uh, yeah, I never seen uh, never seen curried popcorn. That's a that's a good uh, pool there. So, um can't really think of anything that pairs uh <laughs> won't say it but um I, I think i'll just agree with you i, I think that's what i'll do i'll agree with you so i mean curry's just a it, i think curry's a perfect pairing for for coconut so any type of curry dish uh in general would be good yeah like a curry chicken uh, or like a, yeah maybe yeah. like a thai curry uh red curry pork or something like that uh, yeah, should definitely. go really well so but yeah that brings us to the end of act two and we'll be right back with Act 3 after a short break. And we're back with Act 3. Uh, Scott and Ramona call it quits, and we get the big boss battle with, uh, I think, uh, one of the other great battles with Kat- the Katayanagi twins, uh, which is just a fun battle we'll get into. But the beer we're pairing today... For Act 3, it's called Fat Mango. Uh, it's an IPA with mango, sticky rice, lactose, and coconut. It's juicy and ripe and silky smooth. Brewed in collaboration with Innerborough, another one of our New York breweries. Uh, all I have to say about this beer is wow. Uh, the first sip Don and I had at the, the brewery. Oh my god, this beer is straight mango juice. It's basically if you swapped the pineapple for a mango in a pina colada, it's delicious. And I think you need to go straight juice. You need to go heavy flavors. So much flavor, so smooth. Just like this beer, that is what Act 3 is. It's a bunch of flavor. It's a smooth ending. Uh, it's a beautiful piece of work. And that's why you got to pair it. This, it's just got to be you know, a magnificent beer to end this movie. I saw this beer on the menu and I, I, th- I thought about it like right away because so so that mango sticky rice uh, lactose and coconut that is a uh, Thai dessert and so my mom used to uh, make this so it's a, it's a different kind of mango it's not the sour mangoes it's the sweet ones uh, it's a sticky rice and then you drizzle a coconut uh, milk on top of it and it's actually interesting because the coconut milk is actually a little bit uh, salty and this this beer really brings me back to that it so it definitely has a lot of the uh, sticky rice and, and coconut uh, as well as the little bit of the hint of the mango and the mango you know you're probably going to think of oh, mangoes are, are kind of sour but actually these are it's it's the sweet mango so it actually yeah, matches those ripe that ones get super sweet yeah it matches that perfectly and so it's uh again like just like the last uh, coconut beer that we talk about that one was a double ipa but this one was also a full full flavor so uh you definitely yeah. got like a lot uh, going Double on coconut tonight, Don. Double coconut. A lot of coconut. A lot of coconut. I love uh, coconuts, but um, it, it's a great. It, you're right. It's it's a great uh, match for the ending of this movie because this is where we're going to see Scott really, um, really fight. You know himself. He's going to you know, you know he's going to have the power of love. He's also going to have the power of self respect. We'll we'll get into that. Uh, before that, though, he is going to have to battle the Katayanagi twins. And so uh, Ramona dated twins. 
uh, Jordan. Yes, at the same time. <laughs> at the same time. Do Young you, Neil. Do you think that sign, though, for the uh, show needed more exclamation points? <laughs> I don't think there was enough exclamation points on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to post that on the Instagram page. But, um, <laughs> you know, that was a great part, too. It's like, I don't think there's enough exclamation points on this. So, um <laughs> I, I do love I, I'm sorry to interject yeah. I love when they're like we can't go on at the same time and then all of a sudden it cuts in and it goes I was wrong <laughs> I was so wrong <laughs> so yeah those are cool battles so they battle at the same time so the, the Kadianagi twins are DJs and uh, you know they play uh, like a like an EDM uh, song and then uh, this is uh, Sex with Mom's best song, uh, Threshold. Uh, oh, it's it really is a good song. It really like, is. It's Beck it's knocked this one out of the park. No, like, that did. Threshold is just a really good song. That that is the song that would have uh, won. And actually, in fact, they did. This is the song that won the, Tur- the Toronto International Band- Battle of the Bands. So, yep. Because they get the contract with Gideon after that. So. Uh, so it makes sense. Like this is their best song. This is the one they destroy the Kadianagi twins. Uh, you know, it, it was a cool scene. You know, so like when you play your song, they would uh, it would come up with like a and like animal would take shape. And so we had uh, the twin dragons from the Kadianagi twins uh, versus the ape creature that gets created from Threshold. And so the, yeah. the ape you know creature what I actually rocks. Caught, you know, uh, you know what I caught on this one mm-hmm. uh, when he when he hits the the foot pedal. Right, there is actually an image of that creature on the foot pedal before he hits it. Oh. So when he hits the pedal, it's like it releases that creature, and it, it, they time it well with everything. Uh, but yeah, that pedal is like the release of the creature, uh, and not that I didn't catch this before, but I love the whole idea that it's you know the green eyes of the creature, and Scott starts to get the green eyes when he's just going off on the bass during this song. Uh, it's it's a really cool scene seeing those two creatures fight over the crowd uh it's just really well well made yeah no the music's awesome in this film and you know uh, everything that i assume about toronto is that the music is just like in this film so it must be an awesome city to hang out in but um one interesting thing that i noticed actually when i was like just kind of browsing through and reading the uh scott pilgrim comics is um when they play the songs in the comic books they put the chords in the different comic book uh scenes actually and so that's actually uh probably where they got a lot of the inspiration for you know for beck and for uh you know getting metric involved and and so for all the different songs that they they put into the uh into the movie you know a lot of different uh, toronto bands that they did um, so it was, cool cool. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Like the comic does, uh, it's pretty specific about what kind of music's playing. And so this was a great scene. They, uh, they destroy the, uh, the co- actually it's funny in the comic books, the Kadianagi twins are, are cocky, but, um, they, they don't have a very long scene in this movie. I think they had to cut it. They don't it even have a bit. line. No, they don't. They don't. I think they had to kind of cut it. There was a bigger part in the comic, um, than there was in the movie so so they defeat the Kaninagi twins and then so we finally meet uh Gideon which is the uh ex that uh makes Ramona move from New York to Toronto and so we also find out that he had literally has mind control over Ramona Flowers so yep and yet another great little music pull in there when he shows up uh under my thumb is playing Yep, yep. I, uh, that's actually the only, uh, I think, uh, that's the only, like, I think, commercial song that's in this uh, yeah. film. I think everything else is kind of Canadian-based, Toronto-based. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Gideon, Jason Schwartzman, it's it's actually great because you see him. You're like, oh, it's, it's almost like a cameo, but not really because he's in the film quite a bit, but... Uh, you know he's he's great. He's the typical pompous uh, record exec. Um, you know he he constructs the uh, the concert hall. It's Gideon's Palace. Uh, Gideon's Palace is not a real place in uh, Toronto. Isn't it something though? Chaos Chaos Theater. Chaos like Theater. I think Chaos the was Chaos Theater. The last scene was it Chaos Theater or was it Gideon's I Palace? Think so. I, I think you're right. Maybe it yeah. was Chaos uh, Theater, but I think uh, from my what I was reading, it's actually a, it's a fictional place. Uh, Lee's yeah. Palace where. Um, Clash of the Demon had played. I that's a real that's a real uh, venue, but uh, the Chaos Theater is not. So, 
Yeah, if I'm I, not I picture Gideon just basically like every record exec from like the 1990s when music was still paying a ton of money uh, before like licensing issues happened. I just figure that's like every 90s rec- record exec was like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like super pompous. Like it's it's funny. Yeah. Uh, you know he's he's not the only like pompous uh, record exec role. I think um, get him to the Greek. We saw Puff Daddy play a record exec too. So it's it's funny. There has to be some truth to that. You're right because they all kind of play them the same way. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So we get to the final fight, and so this is what we were talking about. So you know he uh, he got a life from the previous battles. He uh, he fights Gideon. He gets the bump from the uh, power of love, but. The bump from the power of love is not what defeats Gideon. What defeats Gideon is the power of self-respect. And that's really yeah. where Scott really turns the, that corner and isn't that jerky-jerk lady killer wannabe. And, you know, he learns to uh, he, he learns to admit to all his mistakes. He, 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 yeah, he holds himself accountable, yep. basically. He apologizes to uh, Knives for, you know, for, for cheating on her. He apologizes, he apologizes to, to Kim, even, yep. because they dated previously. That's right. And you so know, it's, you know, he finally is like, oh, I care about myself. And, you know, you see it change when, you know, all three of them fight Gideon. Uh, in this last battle, which it's just a, it's a cool battle. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk a lot about nice, uh, nice Chow, Um, but she's, she's also great in it. She, uh, comes back into the last scene. She's got the double swords. And so they take down, uh, Gideon. Um, one of the, one of the things was, uh, Negascott actually. So after he defeats Gideon, he has to fight Negascott. <laughs> and so we're expecting the big fight. And I think that's a great scene where they come out and they're both talking. It's like, yeah, no, that's cool. I love pancakes too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go get brunch this weekend. We're gonna go brunch this weekend. He's actually a really cool guy. Yeah, we're gonna we go have hang out. A lot out. of stuff we're, in common. Yeah, a lot of stuff in common. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the narcissist I am, I think I would totally get along with Nega Don. I don't know if you would get along with Nega Nega Jordan. But oh, I probably would. He'd be your new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go to the we're gonna go to the brewery later. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, I mean uh, that really brings us to the end of the movie. But Edgar Wright just does such good work in this movie. Like even just there's so many like little things that he likes to play with with music. Even you know the amount of X's that he shows like constantly just hidden in the background of this movie. You know it's in Gideon's glasses. There's X's on. Uh, the refrigerator magnets. Like, there's X's just hidden throughout this movie, uh, which is just, like, his subtleness of it. He always does those little foreshadowing techniques uh, in the movie. He's he's a masterful worker. And I think, you know, we did Wes Anderson movies already uh, with the Royal Tenenbaums, and Wes Anderson for a long time was my favorite director. But I think Edgar Wright has really taken uh, over that uh, for me. I just think his work is beautiful, his writing is amazing, and I, I just really appreciate all his work. Now nah, he he's a great director and a great writer, and uh, you're you're right. I, I he's up there with Wes, Wes Anderson for for myself. Uh, you know, I'm a big um, I'm a big fan of both. Uh, you know, but Edgar Wright is um he's a he's a masterful writer as well. So um, what uh, so that takes us to the end of the film. Uh, anything else that we want to discuss on the film are we ready to wrap that up i think i can kick right into the food pairing here and uh i know i'm cheating a little bit don but we did pair the food while we were there at finbeck and we had some great pork dumplings uh they were really delicious and i think it went really well it uh the you know the greasiness of the dumpling really cut through that heavy flavor of the mango and everything uh, I think it just paired perfectly. They, that did pair uh, perfectly. They were um, the hottest dumplings I've ever had because we were starving, and yeah. we had been drinking the entire day. We also got the spicy fries with that too, and so that, those are super spicy. Yeah, those were good too. They uh, they brought out the fries with uh, the they put the uh, the pepper flakes on it, and then they had yeah. the sriracha for it to dip into. Um, that was a yeah. Now the spicy and then the pork dumplings. That was a great. Uh, collaboration with that because of um the the, the it's sweet this ipa is uh, it is sweet uh oh, it's, yeah. it's great but it, it just to fair warning it is a very sweet beer so just um it was good to just kind of cut that back a little bit with uh, some of the saltiness some of the spiciness um yep. you know any uh any other like maybe like a 
not nachos because <laughs> <laughs> not a plain nacho with salsa i didn't say that at all but um no no you could do uh maybe like a pork rind if you really wanted to get into it just it's got to be a salt bomb yeah maybe like a like a sausage like a dried sausage something like that um would go well with yeah. that but uh yeah no finback was great we uh we did end up spending quite a bit of time there we uh <laughs> we missed our last uh brewery location we were supposed to go to a fourth one but uh finback was just that good it just kept us they there us over. for the rest of the day so but yeah no great time um definitely <clears throat> again thank you everybody for listening especially you nancy didn't forget about you there we go um you know thanks for all the feedback uh you know it's it's it's, it's been great it's been a lot of fun producing this uh you can follow us at craft studios pod on instagram uh, you can also check out my uh, my uh, Twitter account is uh, Donis Boone. Uh, Jordan, what are your handles? Uh, my Instagram handle is at uh, J underscore Digglesworth. That's that's basically it out of me. Uh, thank you, everybody. Please once again rate and review us. Uh, we love your feedback. Uh, we need more of it. We're we're excited to be doing this. And and if you have any movie suggestions or beer suggestions, please let us know. We're we're happy to uh, bring it on board. Mm-hmm.